Hello there. I almost Kenobi. forgot to start with. <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot to start with. Hello there. I was going to say welcome <laughs> back, but obviously I decided not to do that. We're here again. We're doing Revenge of the Sith. How do you feel about this, Jamie? How do you feel about your favorite Star Wars film? Oh, I am so excited. So it's not just my favorite Star Wars film, but it's one of my favorite films of all time. Which, if you, if anyone listened back to our podcast where we discussed our favorite films. I can't remember what number it was, but it was definitely up there. I think it was like number three. Number two. I think it was two. I think you put it as two. I can't remember, but it was up there. I absolutely love this film. Uh, Yeah, hands down my favourite in the Star Wars franchise. Um, I I cannot wait to get into discussing this. Well, honestly, I I can't as well. I'd forgotten how good this film is as soon as it starts. As soon as it starts, it's straight in it's literally just straight in to just just an incredible an incredible battle scene but before we get to that film how have you been jamie have you had a good week yeah i can't complain it's been a good week i've I've done a bit of work i've watched a bit of star wars i've played a bit of star wars on the playstation lego star wars i'm getting closer to that coveted 100% platinum trophy it is taking some time I think I'm at about 90 hours now. Jesus so Christ! It is it is taking a while, but other than that, yeah, I'm I'm um I'm I'm quite good. How are you? Good stuff. Um, I'm all right. I haven't been playing <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> Lego Star Wars, so I'm still about 50 hours in, and I don't know when I'll pick it up because I'm playing um, the Ascent at the moment which i think i spoke very briefly about last week and it's did, yeah. incredible still and it is brilliant and i implore anybody to go out and get it it's probably free somewhere as well so well, there's the new subscription services coming yes, soon aren't there? There and there's quite a lot of games confirmed for those so uh, i think i'll be upgrading to the uh, the most expensive one and um taking full advantage of the libraries on offer yeah i did think and sort of discuss with my own mind whether i wanted to do that or not because the sort of because the top tier one the only extra is to get the retro catalog isn't it so this sort of like so basically what we're on about is the new places plus so you have your normal one which is the regular one where you get your whatever three or four free games a month and then you end up with online play as well then you there's like another tier a mid tier where you get all of those things as well, but then you also get access to a massive online library of games as well, which are like permanently on there. And then if you go for the top one, which I'm pretty sure is like a hundred quid a year, which is still isn't too bad. I mean, yeah, it's about fifteen pounds a month. So if you yeah, do it monthly, not, yeah, not too bad. You get all of that, all the games, all the free games, all the all the online benefits, all the games to stream. But then also you get access to a giant. I think, giant catalogue of classic games. So that will be PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. Not sure if it's PlayStation 3. I'd hope so, because there's some really good games on 3. I think it's quite an underrated console. That's what I'm quite looking forward to see, to be honest, because you can get pretty much any PS4 games, and even a lot of the PS2 games you can get like some compatibility, I think, for them. Um, I'm, I might be making that up entirely, but the PlayStation 3, they haven't found a way to port them, really, have they, to ps4 or ps5 so the fact that they're going to be able to bring that library ps3 had some amazing games absolutely really amazing did. yeah really, really it, it was that big jump from 
what you could actually have within games from PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3 was huge. And since then, it's just become about, I suppose, the aesthetics and the loading times um, and things. <laughs> yeah, it is. As opposed <laughs> to, actually, we can do these things in games now. So uh, PlayStation 3 was revolutionary. Um, and and I think what all we're really going to get going forwards is... is um, speed and graphics improvements <laughs> i think it, it pretty much is now going slightly back to the ascent the only gripe that i have with it is the loading times are absolutely mm. horrific it's like it's like ps3 loading times it's like skyrim i know you haven't majorly played any a lot of skyrim but when you're trying to load into a building it takes about 35 to 40 seconds yeah and it's ridiculous even just loading the game of ascent takes about a minute and a half to just load the game and that's running on a ps5 whereas if we said it's... this 20 20, uh, 20 years ago people think that's quick yeah that's really... would have like, but God. we've got used to two seconds yeah <laughs> we've been spoiled. Like especially what was it what game came out and we were amazed at the fast travel how fast Assassin's fast Creed, travel. Valhalla. that was it and it fast traveled in like two seconds and um i've just dropped a little pot that's on all right floor. i've dropped a noise? bottle cap that wow honestly it's all going <laughs> up in the air at the moment um ghost of tsushima the fast traveling on that is insane it's very quick yeah it's like under five seconds and you're there it's incredible so i don't know why it isn't in the ascent either anyway i'm gonna move past that and just very quickly tell you that um because i told you about it the other night i went to see a little film called everything everywhere all at once sounds like there's a lot going on there there is a lot going on there but it is um Probably one of my favourite films this year. It sounds really, really interesting. I, I was going to look at the trailer and check it out, and I didn't. But the name of it sounds like there would be a lot going on. Like Everything would be going on everywhere, all at once. So it... <laughs> I, I, I think I like films like that, where there's just a lot happening. There is a lot happening. It's all multiverse, because um, everything's multiverse at the moment. But this does it really well. I'm not going to spoil anything for any listeners or you as well, Jamie, cause in case you go and watch it. But Thank you. It's basically about a woman, um, and she's doing her taxes, and she's not very good at doing her taxes. Um, and then her <laughs> husband, who's played by um, the guy, I can't recall his name, but the guy who plays Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, okay. He's back, he's acting, he's back, ah. um, and he's amazing, he's incredible in this film. But anyway, they're doing their taxes, and then suddenly um, she finds out that she can access different versions of herself from different universes and access their skills. I think I might have seen a trailer for this last time I went to the cinema. Really? Yeah. Really I love how, how, you, <laughs> how we start talking. It starts with taxes. It just, does. Just That's like how starts. we said, Phantom Menace, the opening <laughs> credits start with taxation. <laughs> uh, so maybe that is, is actually, as as boring as it sounds, maybe that is actually the recipe to a good film. Maybe it is. Taxation. It's, it's inevitable. It is. Taxes at the beginning, and then you get some great fight sequences, some great music, but it's great. It's um, everything ever all at once. It's hilarious as well. It's like it references loads of stuff. So I won't say exactly what, but there's a um, there's a world where people have hot dogs for fingers, which um, oh is ridiculous. And then there's also a version of Ratatouille, <laughs> but it's not Ratatouille. It's a raccoon, and it's called Rakakuni. Um, 
It's great. That's just like the surface level of the ridiculousness of the film. But if you haven't watched it, go and watch it because it's it's brilliant. It's it's definitely in at least the top three films that I've seen this year. I think that's got to be on the cards for for a, a little little trip to the Everyman. Definitely must be. Now I'm going to move swiftly on, and as we do every week with this, as I said last week, new funked version of the Babblers Guild. We play you the trailer for the film, so here it is. Feast your ears, eyes, nose, shoulders, knees and toes on this trailer. dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural is it possible to learn this power not from a jedi the council wants you to report on all the chancellor's dealings that's treason we are at war anakin very dangerous putting them together i don't think the boy can handle it i don't trust him I need your help, son. I'm appointing you to be my personal representative on the Jedi Council. You're on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. What? Obi-Wan and the council don't trust me. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will achieve a power greater than any Jedi. You're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Who could have done this? Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. I feel so helpless. Now, <laughs> that, that, was, that was actually, you know what? I think that's probably the best of the lot, those trailers. It's good, isn't it? It's a bit sinister in its tone, though. I think, I suppose the movie's quite sinister. Yes, really, well, there are sinister murder. themes. I feel like the trailer makes the movie seem like it's going to be a lot more dark-toned and serious than it is. I appreciate yes. there are lots of bad things happening in the movie, very serious things, like children being killed. But it makes it look as if there's going to be no humor in the movie it's all going to have like this gray backdrop all the time and that's that's not not the case is it no it's not at all it's it's completely opposite and it's quite a lot of it's basically it's a very bright film very colorful 
Yes, very colourful. Lots of lightsabers in this one. Um, it's great. It's the, that trailer was... I think it really amps you up for going into actually watching it. Sort of the music, the atmosphere of it, and sort of the ending. But I really like the bit in the middle of the trailer where on each beat it shows you a different planet. Yes. And it's like... Dun, dun, dun. It's really good. It's like a nice little bit. You're like, oh my god, we're going to like so many planets in this one. It's like Mustafar, Felicia, we're going to them all. It's really good. It is. There's so much going on in that movie, which we'll obviously discuss as we go through. But I think there's something like five lightsaber duels I counted that happen throughout the movie. That is ridiculous. All in different places as well. Oh well, a couple of them are on Coruscant. Um, but yeah, there's there's five in total, which I think is probably the most in any Star Wars movie. I didn't... Well, it must be. I've not fact-checked it, but I can quite confidently say that's probably the case, isn't it? I think so. Um, I mean, I, I don't... I can't think of any other film which has got more lightsaber jewels in than that. I don't know. Um, anyway, you know what? I think we should... Let's, you know what? Let's just get started. The opening is... It's incredible. I timed it. Well, I didn't time it. I paused it after it had finished. The first start of the film is a full 22 minutes of a fight scene, and it goes from a starship battle to inside of a ship fighting droids to a lightsaber battle to then trying to hunt down General Grievous. It's great. And then crashing the ship. It's amazing. It is. It's just non-stop action, and I think that that scene at the start is one of the best openings to a Star Wars film in terms oh, it, of the action. It gets you so far. hyped up, doesn't it? When the way they're just like flying through space, and it's so classic Obi Wan and Anakin having the bromance, the banter with each other, and I think it just really showcases as well how strong of a pilot Anakin is. Um, yes, it's, yes, it's it does. One of the when we first introduced to the character of Anakin Skywalker in Episode Four, when Obi Wan is talking about his relationship with him with Luke, he says, "Oh, he was the best starfighter in the galaxy, uh, or the best the best star pilot in the galaxy." Uh, and I think what I really like is that doesn't get lost in the whole of the prequels. They show how strong of a pilot Anakin is yes, without bringing too much. They have obviously the pod race in Episode One, which is a huge emphasis on it. And the fact that with little to no experience in a starfighter, he takes down a Trade Federation ship um, and commits mass genocide, which we, we've <laughs> yes. already discussed. Um, but what I like is they don't really put so much emphasis on how good a pilot he is. They just have him do it. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, it's not like, oh, it's, all the time it's not, oh, he's so good, look at him, look at him flying around the sky, he's really good at, he's really good at shooting and flying and doing the flips and the spins in the air. They don't say that. No, they, they he's just, just on screen it. and he's just doing it and no one's batting an eyelid at it. Everyone's accepted in the Star Wars universe that he is just the best. The only thing that made me a bit sad with that, and it's not even related to the film, where it is... But if you remember Lego Star Wars, the original games, they had yeah. that scene where you do the... It's the first part of episode three on the game is when you're in space doing that mission in the ships. I don't... You know what? It's really sad, but I don't ah, remember. It was really good. It was really good. And they took it out of the the new game. It wasn't in there, and I was gutted. You just start with being on... The Invisible Hand is the name of the ship. Right. the chancellor's being held on you just start on there that was that was something that because that space scene is really good and you oh. get to hear r2d2 doing wow oh, i feel no, good james brown um, <laughs> but r2d2 even in those first 22 minutes did you say 
he's incredible. Yeah, 22. The way he sets fire to the super battle droids. Oh, that's it. really good. Yeah. So, so much action. A really good way to start off what is an incredible film. It is. It's like it's an absolute blast. And the second note that I've written down is that immediately, uh, as soon as those credits have rolled, it's it's a massive, massive step up on the CGI. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like, it's, I said this last week at the end because I started watching it, but I'll say it again and I'll say it every single time. It is better than a lot of stuff that you'd see today. Like most of the Marvel stuff, the CGI, is horrific compared to this film. This film came out in 2006. Now, this is time stamping when we're filming this, but yesterday the trailer for She-Hulk came out. Have you seen it? I've not seen it yet, but I heard it right. came out. It, the show looks fine. But the like the animation, the CGI on the actual characters, it's awful. It's awful. It looks horrific. If they don't sort that out, then it's like it's just it's like they haven't put any money into like the CGI of She Hulk. It's it looks rubbery. It looks really weird. It just doesn't look good. It looks it looks worse than the Ang Lee one. Right. <laughs> it looks worse than that. And that and that's a lot. I was like, what two thousand two. Something I like that. Couldn't tell you. So it, it, that's not great. So if this film, which is from 2006, looks better than something in 2022, then that is something to stand by. It's fantastic, just on a CGI standpoint. Even even though it is a great film, it it's does amazing. it does for the most part. There are a couple of little things where I thought your green screen's showing quite badly there. And, yes. And the the one place and you can check it out when we're done. Is when they give spoilers, Luke to Owen and Baru on Tatooine, the very final shot. You can tell that Owen and Baru are just not actually stood. They don't where they're stood. Does they don't look like they stood, stood on yes, the sand dune? They look kind of like that. they're hovering. Yes. Yeah, you did notice. <laughs> Other than that, phenomenal. It Absolutely is phenomenal. incredible. But I think that's just um, who I was keying the people in, isn't it? Doing yeah. a bad job. Thought, oh, everyone's like... switched off at this point. They're on their phone. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe not in two thousand and five. Um, no, they're on their um, Samsung Taco Light. That's what they're on. On their Blackberries. Were they, I think, mm. probably a bit too early for Blackberries. That makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> what, Blackberries was like, what, 2008, 2010? About they were really that, popular? maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, around there. Little keyboard yeah. on a phone. Who needs that? Everyone was on their uh, Nokia bricks. They definitely were. I remember having... Um, we've gone on a tangent now. <laughs> I remember having um, a... What was it? I think it was Samsung Cookie or something like that. Oh, the LG Cookie. LG Cookie, that's what it is. It was a white and um, turquoise LG Cookie, and it was disgusting, and it was an awful phone. It was when touchscreens were first coming out, and nobody really knew how to make a touchscreen. It wasn't great. Yeah, I remember someone at school having that. Oh, you've got all these sounds saved on it, these little MP3 bytes. That's so cool. (laughs) Like absolutely ridiculous. Right, I'm I'm cutting us off on this tangent. Let's and we're going it. back to Star Wars. Let's get off of Samsung and LG. We're going back into this now. I think when they get all the way up to Dooku, finally, I think it's, it's the dialogue and the rematch as well between Dooku and Obi Wan and Anakin is great. It's it's fantastic that entire battle. It is. It's um. What I like is there's not much time in terms of how much we see on screen between the the, bat, the battles of the Dooku battles. So it happens right at the end of episode two. 
And then we fast forward in episode three, right at the start, to another Count Dooku lightsaber battle. Yeah. So well, it's still fresh in everyone's mind that it, Dooku's it is a Kanakin's hand. However, I don't know how long Count Dooku. I know Count Dooku's in the Clone Wars TV series, so I think yeah. it's quite a while since. It must be a good couple of years. Oh, in terms of the actual timeline of you know the the canonical timeline in the yeah. star wars universe yeah there's a good few years have passed obviously um but i mean in terms of what we see in the films what we saw we, I, I don't know how, how to explain it the screen time between the fight and episode two there's then a little bit of time at the end of that film so for us the viewer we jump straight from their first fight to their second fight is what I'm getting at. There's yeah, a lot of stuff happening in between, but what we see is that it's still fresh in our mind how raw that might be, even though time has passed. Uh, yeah, if you get is. what I'm I think saying. Especially for us, because we've sort of watched them back to back as well. So that's, it's yeah, that's really the point I'm fresh making. in our mind. We're, yeah. see, we're seeing it straight away. Yes, lots has happened in the universe in that time, but for us as a viewer, we get a Dooku fight, and then when they bring us back to the next episode of Star Wars, we get a Dooku fight again. Um, and I think it actually went quite well. Like there, there might have been thoughts like, "Oh, they've just seen this at the end of the last film. Do we want to start this with it again?" Like, yes, yes. Show us where they're at now, because I think doing it early on, it was a good way. Having them so close to each other for us is a good way to measure up how far Anakin has come in terms of his powers in that in between period that we've not seen. I know we see it in Clone Wars, but that wasn't out at the time. So, do you get what I'm saying? That we get to just see how much Anakin's power has evolved with a side-by-side comparison of how he handles a fight with Dooku. Yeah, and he makes a reference to that, doesn't he? He's like, I've like doubled... My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. I I like that he can quantify that it's actually doubled. Double the pride, double the fall. That's what I mean, the dialogue is so good. So Christopher Lee, another shout-out. Yeah, another shout-out to that absolutely fantastic actor. But yeah, that scene is great, and like, what a way to kick off a film, and I think my favourite part about it is because obviously last time in last episode I was talking about how um, I think Dooku's good and he's just yes messing around and pretending to be a Sith and that sort of makes sense and I think it even makes sense in in this even more when Anakin has him on his knees and he's had his um, little mitts chopped off mm. and he's um, and Anakin's got both of those lightsabers up to his throat and he's about to like chop his head off. And does Palpatine say do it? He does the little do, do it, it, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like, do it. Good, um, Anakin, good. Yes. Kill him. Kill yeah, him now. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, huh? But then I think in that moment, because Dooku makes a face at Palpatine. Like a shocked face, isn't it? I think... Like, seriously? That's, I think it's partly that, but I think that's him realising that he wants Anakin to become Sith. Yes, like he's sussed uh, the plan. He knows he's just it. like well, he's, he's already like, sussed during the fight that Anakin has all that anger and hate and how strong yeah. he'd be with that. And he's suddenly realizing, oh wait, if I can see it, this guy has to. Yeah, definitely. And he knows he's like, well, this has been the plan all along to get Anakin mm. on board. And he's like, oh, and it's almost like Dooku's fallen into this trap, and he's realized that if he hadn't have pretended to join the Sith, then Palpatine might not have even got his hands on Anakin. Yeah, I think he realises, oh, 
Misa in Big Doodoo as a gunman. Yeah, so. I've made things worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it's all my fault. It's not Jar Jar's fault for organising all this. It's uh, it's my fault. That's what it is. That's we, what he's thinking. <laughs> I mean, we see that initial conflict in Anakin, but then we get the famous "Do it, um, do it, like do it," and and he does it. And um, I think if I I watched that when I was nine, I I was just enjoying the lightsaber battles and the space fights and things and. I didn't really appreciate the nuances of of what a Jedi was and how they don't give in to anger and all oh, that. That's a telltale sign that he's about to turn to the dark side. Yeah. Uh, but you watch it back now and you think, oh, there's all these little doubts. And and we spoke about it last week as well with Episode Two. You see so many signs of Anakin being a pretty terrible Jedi <laughs> and not following their their code, um, having all the attachments, all the emotional reactions, and you kind of see how he gets to a point where there is just so much internal conflict that he's kind of come to peace with what the Jedi way is. He's a lot calmer, a lot more calculated, but at the same time, he still is able to deviate away from that, which I think is really important when you consider where we get to in episode six, when he there is still good in him. So I yeah. think it shows a good balance, and he just falls, unfortunately, the, the dark way. Well, not, yeah, not unfortunately, all... we've got some yeah. good films out of it. But it, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, but I think he's always in him. Obviously, we'll talk about the um, the whole thing about Darth Plagueis the Wise later on. But obviously, he turns to the dark side not because he wants to turn to the dark side. It's because of how strong his love is for Padme. It's exactly. It's yeah. all about. It's all about his love. But we will talk about that a little. You know, it's actually not that far from this Trashy point. I, I haven't. I haven't actually made that many notes on this film because I was enjo- for one, I was enjoying it so much. And two, this film is basically like 13 big scenes. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's not everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a load of big scenes put together, and and I'm all right with that. It's like big 15-minute scenes, and you're like, okay, this this is fine. And it's like all set into nice little chunks, which I think, which I did find the structure of the film really easy to watch. Yeah, there's there is a case that there's a few things going on at once all of the time, but they the way they film it, you get to see and follow everything quite well. Um, everything has enough content to flesh it out and make it understandable. Um, I I just can't fault that film. I love it so much. <laughs> You're just like absolutely gushing about it. <laughs> oh yes, loves it. He absolutely loves revenge of the Sith. Now, obviously, after they kill Dooku, they all run around the little ship, and then they get to the bridge where we get to properly see General Grievous, and I love General Grievous. I think he's such a great character, and every time I see it, it makes me upset that he wasn't introduced sooner. Yeah, I think... Because if you just watch the films, it's just General Grievous is there, and it's almost like I've missed something. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? He's yes, here, and is. he's it's suddenly like he's this well-established character that we're supposed to know a lot about, and he's just kind of he's just kind of there, and, and they obviously flesh him out so much in Clone Wars. Oh, like, um, uh, tremendously! And shout out to that! I love the way um, they had to, <laughs> for an entire seven series, prevent Anakin and Grievous meeting in Clone Wars just because <laughs> of the little line in Revenge of the Sith where he's he, he, obviously they've not met before 
you know that oh i was expecting someone with your reputation to be a little older uh, yeah you're short yeah that one um so the character's great i just i remember watching it thinking was it was he in the last one was was he not <laughs> the way they introduced him and he kind of had little quirks that I felt like we were supposed to know about, like his cough, which I now know General Grievous's cough is just because George Lucas had a cough on the day. And they thought, oh, we'll give that to General Grievous. That'll be quite funny. Um, no, I did think it was quite funny. I remember the first time I ever watched it and I was like, oh, he's, I like him because he coughs. Yeah. And I don't know why I thought that. I just thought, oh, that's a weird little character trait, but I'll go with They it. did have in the cartoons, they had uh, Mace Windu like crushed his chest with the Force, which made him have the cough. But that's right, no longer okay. canon. That's Legends now. So, But people sometimes ex- accept that as the reason why. But the true reason is um, the same reason Mace Windu had a purple lightsaber because Samuel L. Jackson had it. George Lucas had a cough on set, and they thought that's funny. Let's give it to General Grievous. I mean, that's a way a lot of things happen. It's yeah. sort of like on the day, on the set decisions, like, and they're do like, that. "Well, <laughs> that sounds good. Let's get it in." Um, yeah, they have a little tussle, don't they? Have a little tussle mm-hmm. with him, and then he has those what are they called magna guards or something. Mag- magna guards, yeah. Yeah, they come out, <laughs> and I like how their like staffs are like lightsaber proof they're like big electric cotton buds yeah they are big electric cotton buds don't put it in your ear it won't be are they made um, of beskar steel maybe maybe i mean that's a i haven't looked uh it, they could potentially be made of beskar we never, i'm sure beskar is supposed to be the only thing that a lightsaber can't cut through mm, so maybe they are know. who knows potentially um yeah they obviously they kill them in quite quick succession which is quite nice to watch them getting sliced through and it's then Grievous. <laughs> it is very satisfying. And then General Grievous, um, does he shout, you lose, Kenobi? And then he um, shoot, fires that little um, harpoon through the window. It smashes he and then he goes out. And I find it so satisfying when he lands back on the ship with his claws going into the into the side panelling of the ship and it like, all crumpling beneath I love it. The I CGI. Really like, so many, I think so many film editors wouldn't think about little things like that. They'd be like, Oh, it's a big hard metal ship, so he can just land on it and he's fine. They don't think, oh, actually, he's this giant mechanical robot with these massive claws for feet that can grab into something in the vacuum of space. Um, and yeah, he, he flies away in his little escape pod, and he's a coward. You know that—that's the thing they try to present him as. And yeah, because he well. is. Because he knows he's vulnerable as well. Like even though he's got this all this armor plating and he's a smart. Um, like organic being in just in like a little shell, he still knows that he is susceptible to damage and weakness. And if he goes one on one with a Jedi, as we say later on, he'll get absolutely destroyed. Well, that's the thing is he does have the ability to fight. He's trained in lightsaber combat and he uses shock and awe tactics and fear. But you have to think he's not force sensitive. No, not at all. So he can just be. And I looked into this. I thought, well, I, I googled it. I'm like, how come General Grievous Jedi don't just crush him with the Force, or just control him? With it? But apparently, it's because he uses those tactics. They don't get enough time to channel it. That he's just constantly on them, which we see with him, like using four lightsabers yes. and being quick and relentless. And also because of how strong he is, if they try to like lift him up, he can claw himself into the ground. Right. Okay. So that's what i was reading but that's a potential flaw but there people have got theories as to why it's he they don't just use the force on him 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it takes it out of the Jedi's as well, using the mm. Force. Obviously, if they're using it all the time, it's going to probably absolutely knacker them out completely. Now, uh, this is, right, just a disclaimer, this is not true. This is not real. This is just something I thought would have been really, really cool. Um, if you don't think it's really cool, that's fine too. But um, what I thought would have been really cool is, you know, Sebulba? Yes. If at the end of episode one... Because obviously he loses the pod race and he has mm. this big vendetta against Anakin and probably Jar Jar for throwing that weird toad thing at him by accident. What if afterwards he sought out and he had this vendetta and this way of life to try and hunt down Anakin and kill him and some and then in episode two... He does find him, but then Anakin like cuts him up a load, and oh, then becomes... in episode three, he could have been General Grievous. That's pretty cool. I do like I that theory. Because they've got. I would like... have liked him to have had some relevance to. Yeah, and it would have been really yeah. nice. And it's like at the end, it's like, oh, who's General Grievous? And it's like this mystery. It's like who's General Grievous? And then like the mask comes off at the end. And it's Sebulba. <laughs> and it's Sebulba. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously that's ridiculous, and it would never put anything like that in. But it was just like a little idea that came to my head, and I thought, ah, oh, that'd be, um, be that's quite a neat little idea. Could be Watto. Hey, come back and be my slave. Can you imagine? <laughs> that'd be that'd be incredible. Like Watto in that big suit, and it's like he's uh, instead of being trained by the Jedi, just he's like, hey, down. I bought these up for some Jedi. <laughs> so good. What a great, what a great character Watto is. <laughs> He's amazing. Underrated, for sure. Good stuff. Now, they crash the ship, like I just said. It snaps in half, and they crash the ship onto Coruscant, and Obi-Wan has a classic zinger, which I hope the TV series is full (laughs) of all these zingers, and he says, ah, another happy landing. And it's brilliant, and it's such, such a perfect way to say, to just round off that character after those first 22 minutes. It seems to fit really well, because obviously he's like... The nervous dad, isn't he? Like, careful, Anakin. Can you <laughs> yeah, fly he this basically thing? is a dad. <laughs> Do you know how to fly this thing? Um, and then, <laughs> just at the end, he's like, "Oh yeah, I was chill the whole time. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't pooping myself back here. I was fine. not at all. It's it's not like I've had to change my trousers twice <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, another happy landing. Another another happy landing in my trousers. Now, oh, my next, my next, <laughs> no, my, <laughs> my next note. <laughs> moving on very swiftly is now. Like I said, I haven't made many notes on this. My next note is um, lots of politics and stuff. Anakin is inducted by Palpatine to be his right hand man, and the Jedi decide to get him to spy on Palpatine. Yeah, there's only one way that's going to go, really, isn't there? Yeah, because Palpatine's obviously going to know. <laughs> and he does know, doesn't he, straight away? They asked you to spy on me, didn't they? Um, just, I, th- I feel like Anakin gets let down by everyone. He gets led into these situations where he can be very easily manipulated. The Jedi are horrendous to him. Like, they could have... I feel like Mace Windu was a bit of a, you know, nasty mentor... With him just saying, no, you're not good enough to be a, a master yet. They are very arrogant. And they could have just said, look, to be a master, we need to see this from you. You'll get there one day, Anakin. You're very powerful, but we, we, we're we not yet ready. And he probably would have been like, oh, yeah, fair enough. With them being like, no, take a seat. Not a master. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just like, no, you can't have it. Yeah. It's like, well, well, why? <laughs> why? Why can't I have it? 
after he's just single-handedly beat Dooku, saved the Chancellor, and brought back... So Obi-Wan was incapacitated as well. And he's, oh, he's God, done all he that. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. And he provided them with information on where... I believe he provided them with the information on where Grievous was hiding. He was the one who told him they were on the Utapal system, I want to say. Um, Palpatine. I'm sure... Was it not... Anakin? I think it's it, it's information from from that Anakin finds out about Palpatine, isn't it? Oh yeah. But I think Palpatine's let this slip because obviously later on we'll well not that far off we'll discuss Order sixty six. But I think it was Palpatine's way of splitting Obi Wan up from all the other Jedi. Yeah, so maybe all the Jedi were off on different missions. There was the droid, yeah. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Um, there was uh, Coyote Mundi, I forget the name of the planet that he was on. Um, that watery planet, isn't it? Which yeah, is in Battlefront 2, which is a great map, it is. what I remember from the original Battlefront 2 on the PS2. Yeah, it is. And again, something that didn't make it into, I've forgotten the name of it, but didn't make it into um, Lego Star Wars. Neither did Felucia, where Ada Secure is. Yes, um, which is on the new Star Wars Battlefront 2. It the is. The new, new Earth Star Wars It Star did Battlefront make it 2. on there. Uh, Plo Koon is uh, Plo Koon is somewhere. Um, He's flying around. Yoda's on it... Kashyyyk, the home planet of the Wookiees. Yes. And the only Jedi Master left on Coruscant, is, I believe, is Mace Windu. I think it. Unless Kit yeah. Fisto is a master at that point. But um, I feel I'd, like he's just got Jedi Knights sure. with him when he confronts Palpatine, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But maybe he did have like missions for them everywhere to send them all, so they're all away at the same time. That's what I think happened, and obviously they've yeah. got, they're all surrounded by the clone troopers as well, so it's not as if it's not planned. It's, it's like Order 66 now, get rid of them, done. Because one Jedi on their own, it's quite difficult to handle. Like Yoda, let's be honest, only had to deal with two stormtroopers. Yeah, <laughs> fine. And they hadn't even started opening fire on him yet. And Obi-Wan didn't really have a thing where he was in the middle they shot him from afar and he fell off a cliff um into water <laughs> yeah. conveniently and then they just went yeah he must be dead no one could survive that fall a jedi that is known to be able to fall from any height and survive um and also into water but you see when yoda and obi-wan you know approach the jedi temple that there's just no issue defeating stormtroopers when there's two of them so it must yeah. have been pre-planned to get them all separate I think it, I think it definitely. And he was. sends Anakin to the temple to clear up. He doesn't just send the clone troopers to do it. Exactly. He knows. He knows he needs to clear up and kill those young like to kill. You said we were going to get onto Order sixty six later, and I've just... I know. Yes, right. We're going to stop talking <laughs> about this for now. Now, I did a little research because one of my favourite Jedi, who I knew nothing about before this, is Plo Koon, just because of the way he looks. I yeah. love his head. It looks like he's got a great head. Um, and if he's ever in a game, I'll play as Plo Koon for some reason, mm. and I have no idea why. Do you know anything about him? I had a little research. I'm aware that he can use his own style of Force Lightning called Force Judgment. Yes, I I did find that as well. But did you know he's the reason... Now, please, somebody ball me up if this is wrong, but I did look into this. He's the reason why Ahsoka joined the Jedi Order. He was her original master. I think that's correct. I think that might be in Clone Wars because she gets assigned to Anakin. Let's have a look. Plo- yes, Plo Koon and Ahsoka first met each other when she was three years old, being the one who found a Plo Koon, took her to the Jedi Temple where she was to learn to be a race to be a Jedi. She and Plo had developed an unbreakable bond that was something like a father-slash-daughter dynamic. So he wasn't her master, but he's the reason why she came to the Jedi Temple, which is quite interesting. So Plo Koon's the reason why probably one of the best characters is out there. I'd love to see 
Plo Koon actually not being dead and come up in the Ahsoka series. That would be incredible. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's probably a long shot just because of the crash that we saw him in. No, but no, I'm going to believe. He is quite powerful, isn't he? He could probably... I mean, in Star Wars, I think we've had to accept now that anyone can survive anything without any explanation. Yes, Somehow, Plo Koon returned. It's somehow, but that's how it should start. That's somehow, how Plo Koon returned. <laughs> Ahsoka, we've got you a new master. What do you mean? <laughs> somehow, Plo Koon returned. <laughs> but I thought he was dead. No, somehow, he's returned. Somehow. Somehow. Now, we have arrived at the point where this film does take the dark turn. This is where the dark turn happens. Now, Anakin is plagued throughout this entire film by fever dreams, as we will call them, of Padme dying during childbirth and losing her forever, and he can't deal with it, and he's sort of metaphorically and physically searching for a way to prevent this and make sure she doesn't die, and Palpatine being the Sith Lord, the Sith Lord, the father of the Sith, he knows this, like habitually he just knows it in his mind and it's just in there and he knows that Anakin is having these dreams. And when he sits down to that, we, you know what, I'm just going to say this, very quick tangent, what the hell are they watching? Because um, I don't know bit. what it is. Oh, when they're, when they're having the chat with, Pal- yeah, it's yes. a light show, it's just a light show. It just looks like a big ball of floating mercury yeah. with an opera singer underneath it. That's what it is. It's weird. It's I I don't know how that's remotely... It looks like that episode of Spongebob where he's teaching Squidward how to play bubbles. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> that might be what they're watching. Who knows? Yeah, first you go like this, turn around three times, stop on your left foot, don't forget it. Um, that's... <laughs> oh, now I've just had a great idea. Now, see, this is it. Podcast planning during a podcast. I mean, there's a potential that we could do the three SpongeBob movies. Oh, I, I don't even think it's a potential. I think it's a god-given fact. My and then we can also review god. Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Oh, did yeah. you add that to your library when it was free? I did. I still haven't played there it yet. I've been playing other stuff, so I do need to play that. Oh, drama. Uh, that'll be a nice thing that. to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's basically Bikini Bottom Bubble Show is what they're watching. It pretty much is. That's basically what they're watching. But anyway, he sits down, and this is when he's like, oh, they asked you to spy on me, didn't he? And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. yeah they did. Sorry, sorry. sorry <laughs> oh, Mr. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry, Mr. Palpatine. Sorry, friend. That's what he's like. Um, and then Darth, bloody whatever his name is. Darth, what is it? Darth Sidious. Oh, yeah, Darth Sidious, yeah. Darth Sidious, in his little sneaky ways, he decides this is the moment that he's going to convince... Anakin to go to the dark side and he decides to just tell him the story and he's like very flippantly goes oh have you um have you ever been told the story of Darth Plagueis the wise and obviously him putting the wise at the end makes it seem like less of a Darth thing like less of yeah. an evil Sith boy and he t- basically tells him the story that um, Darth Plagueis the wise was such a powerful Sith that he was able to basically stop people from dying and bring people back to life and that his apprentice, who is Darth Sidious, <laughs> killed him. 
in his sleep and he has this little wry smile like ha, 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 I'm telling him this story but he doesn't know it's actually true and it's me who killed him <laughs> he seems so uh, proud of himself he does he? he's just like hmm, it's he ironic st- <laughs> he is he's just like hmm, it's ironic didn't stand a bloody chance that's basically what he's saying um, and this convinces Anakin that if he turns to the dark side that he'll be able to gain the power to bring people back to life or even prevent death and that is why he turns to the dark side, not because of bad things and that he wants to go around murdering people. It's because of his love for Padme, which is actually quite a nice thing when you think about it. Through love, he's trying to do something, but it's turning him into dark places, which is quite a true story for even people in real life. I think it just shows his his desperation almost. That's what it comes down to. He's clutching mm. at anything he can get and I think if it wasn't for what happened with his mother, he could very much easily pass it off as, oh, I'm just having bad dreams. But because he's so in tune with the Force and because he's he's seen his dreams like that come to life before, he's just so yeah desperate to stop them. And Palpatine knows this because Palpatine's the one putting the, the dreams in his head, obviously, isn't he? About, oh, definitely. About yeah. um, Padme. Um, so he's like, ah, perfect. My my time to shine. I can go and give him this little strikes. story. It's like if someone says they're hungry and you go, oh, well, I've got a fridge over here. You know what I mean? Well, you can have, have, a little, a have a little nibble on my, my savoury goods. That sounds My God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, full of innuendos today. But yeah, anyway, um, he he knows exactly what to say at the right time uh, and he does it. So He, he definitely does. The and manipulation, that obviously... the gaslighting. It is. He proper gaslights him and convinces him. It's basically peer pressure at this point. He, he, like unintentional peer pressure to get him in there. But anyway, so that's it. So that's Anakin off to the dark side. He's off and he's gone. There's no turning back now. He's gone down this path and he's he can't. Well, there's still a little bit of conflict. I don't think so. I think he doesn't he, care he, anymore. He, he does turn Palpatine over. Initially. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. We'll get to that in a moment though. Mm. Now. This is the bit that we've all been waiting for. So Obi-Wan arrives in Utapau and he has a fight with General Grievous and I've written in capital letters what a bloody rumble for the ages. That's all I've put. It's really good. It's a different type of duel. It starts as a lightsaber duel. But this is where we see the ferocity of General Grievous and it's just the fact that Obi-Wan turns up and yet we have the famous hello there. Hello there, General it's Kenobi. So good. You are a bold one, um, and we find out very quickly that yeah, the droids are no bother because he just and the Magna Guards he just shreds through them like they're nothing. So Grievous is like, oh, I'll deal with him myself. Um, yeah, amazing. There's there's different elements to that fight as well. Like Obi Wan, you can tell he's a little bit out of his depth, but he's also very confident the whole time. Yeah, and I think that just shows the ability of Obi-Wan. I, cause throughout all these films, I don't think Obi-Wan's doing his full potential. Like it's it, He just outmaneuvers General Grievous immediately. He sort of takes a step back, looks at it, looks a bit confused, and he goes, well, I'm just going to chop his hands off. I think it catches him it. by surprise, doesn't it? I think he thinks at first, like, oh, it's a droid. I can just shred through him quite easily. As long as he can't get away, uh, it's easy. But then I think he goes, oh, actually, he has to respect him a little bit at that point and be like oh actually yeah he's uh this is some a contender skills, but we'll uh so he just readjusts but i think yeah like you're right i think obi-wan's going like 10 percent in the prequels until he has his fight later on that we'll discuss but, yes which is amazing and it's still uh it's still like one of the, the best 
things I've ever watched. That end, that mm. the last thirty minutes of this film is just oh, amazing, insane. But it's again, that, that's where I think it just shows arrogance on the Jedi's part that he doesn't feel like he needs to until oh, okay, yeah, actually, I'm in a tough spot now. But so many situations, they're just like, oh yeah, we'll go like ten percent. Oh, oh, bit of guard. He might have to ramp it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a disclaimer that these aren't necessarily in order because this is sort of the bit of the film where it sort of starts to chop and change through mm. bits and it sort of goes between a load of different planets so that so it might be a little bit everywhere at this point but we are going to cover every little bit of this film the um so obviously he fights general grievous he cuts off his hands and then he does this weird little spider dance and gets into um, he does do a little weird little spider dance he gets onto all his little legs and he goes into this weird one wheel vehicle and then there's a big chase scene a big crash and then it's basically a fist fight with a big robot and i love when obi-wan punches general grievous (laughs) and he like looks at his hand and he's like ah because it's so it's just like he's just punched a basically a spaceship yeah he just goes and we've never seen a jedi try to punch someone (laughs) it's really funny and he just goes i'm gonna punch you i'm a buck ah no i punched a hard metal casing (laughs) he just gets picked up and chucked doesn't he Uh, he's so good yeah. And then he rips his he chest was. open, and I—it's l- annoying because I wish that battle lasted longer, that fight yeah. between them, because it's sort of like it's just getting going. You're like, oh, this could be so good, like right till the end, and it's this could be it, and this is great. And then Obi Wan just shoots him in the chest, and when he's getting killed, and all the flames are coming out of his eyes, that is—it's so good. And you're like, yes, you've done it. They've bloody killed him. Um, and then what does he say? Puts the gun on the floor and goes, it's so, so uncivilized. Which I, I, love, I love that, though, because it's a, a nod to episode four, isn't it? Yes. Where, where he says is. about the lightsaber to Luke, he says about, oh, a weapon for a much more civilized age, not as clumsy or as random as a blaster. Oh, that's um, really good. And... If he doesn't say it in the new series, because obviously in the TV series, in the trailers, that shot of him firing a pistol. If he doesn't fire them pistols and then stop, and look at it and go, so uncivilized. I'm going to be very annoyed. I think the whole Star Wars community will be. But I love how he kind of ends up in the same position that he did against Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. Yes, Hanging he does, ledge, doesn't he? And he still... But this is the thing. is <laughs> he, he wins two ferocious duels in the prequels, having the low ground. He does. And then... <laughs> and then we'll get on the high to ground. it. But it's... Yes. But maybe the low ground ain't as bad as he makes out. Uh, the low ground isn't as bad as he makes out. I mean, Not next time generally. he must... Ne- in this, exactly. Next time he must say, I've got the low ground, Grievous. Mm. And then <laughs> that'll confuse Grievous so much. It'll send his hard wiring into haywire and it'll just over, over overheat and just probably blow up anyway. That's what yeah. would probably happen. Such um, an incredible duel, though. Such a good battle. It is. It's like just just everything about that is it's brilliant and obviously all the all the clone troopers come and start blasting off everywhere um on the other flip side of this we have everything that's going on on Kashyyyk so uh, you alluded to it earlier with Yoda being on Kashyyyk and I completely forgot and I don't know why I completely forgot that Chewbacca is in this film yes he is and top I completely forgot that until he came on and I went Hold up, that's, that's Chewy. That's <laughs> Chewy. Um, yeah, so there's there's Tarful as well, isn't there? Uh, yes, the other there is, yeah. the other Wookie. There's only like two Wookies that I know the names of. There's Tarful and Chewbacca. 
Um, everyone knows Chewbacca. But yeah, he's on there. He's um, It was nice to see. He doesn't really have a major role. He's just there. And then Yoda just drops the name as he's leaving, doesn't he? Like, goodbye, Chewbacca. Uh, just so like, we yes. know it is. We're like, yeah. Because everyone's like, is that, is that Chewie? Is that Chewie? And he's like, oh, yeah, it was Chewie, yeah. But he, a nice little nod to have him there. Chewie's seen so much, man, which we'll probably talk about in later episodes. Um, oh, definitely. He's been through everything. Chewie in the saga just gets... Oh, and the fact that he doesn't get his... Me- oh, no, don't get me. We'll talk about that later. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to have to search now. How long do Wookiees live for? It's got to be a good, like... If he's maybe, like, 20, 30 there. Oh, my God. How long do they live for? Wookiees have an average lifespan of 400 years. There we go. They do not appear to age over a span of 50 years. So basically they look a little bit different every 50 years. Oh. So I don't know how old he is. Because obviously the the trilogy of prequel originals and sequels is set over 90 years, isn't it? Because um... it's 30 years after each one. I think so. Anakin is, I want to say, twenty-two when he becomes so Vader, probably and he dies at forty-five. So there's about twenty-three years between that. So Chewbacca. So when between episode three and I think uh, episode six, there's about twenty-five years. So Chewie's about twenty odd years older by the time we get to A New Hope, and then I assume that the sequels are set like 40 years in the future i, um, I assume 40 so. I 50 think years so. in the future so yeah i think that, yeah if you think back to the prequels starting when anakin's about eight maybe then probably about 80 90 years yeah so i mean he's getting he's probably getting on quite a bit i mean uh, you know uh yeah he's getting on he's a great character and it's really nice to see him but yeah there's loads of stuff that happens on that planet it's, i think it's nice to see like the wookiee's home world and where they all live which was really nice, and I, I did appreciate the um, the Tarzan um, yodel thing, voicing as he was swinging on that rope. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. He like swings in as tar- uh, does this like car- Tarzan call, and then plants a bomb on one of the droids' little ship things, and it blows off. It's it's just a nice little. It's, I don't even know if it's nice. It's just one a weird little moment. Yeah, because it's the first time we see Kashyyyk apart from the um, the holiday special. Um, oh God! It's nice to yeah see where the Wookies come from and and to have to have that the the droid attack on the Wookies. Um, <laughs> And it features, doesn't it, in Fallen Order uh, as well. We see a bit more of Kashyyyk. Yes, which is it great. does. It's really good. So good. So, yeah, I love that little segment that, that Yoda went there as well. I thought it was a bit strange that Yoda went there, but um, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I think they just needed strategy rather than warriors, didn't they? Though They just they didn't really need help fighting. They just, just needed a strategist. Because um, mm. so, they had plenty of Wookiees, which could obviously rip arms off. <laughs> yeah, Yes, they definitely did. Now... I don't, now I can't remember because I, I I went back and wrote these little notes. Now, do does Palpatine have the fight with Mace Window? Bef- Mace Window. <laughs> That's <laughs> ironic because he gets thrown out of a window. Um, <laughs> Mace Window. <laughs> I think it's happening at the same time because uh, as no, soon as men, he, um, oh sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I meant Order sixty six. Does it happen after? Yes, Palp- it happens after Palp- right. So right no, after know, right. they have the yeah, 
Right, so I've written those in the wrong order. Okay, right, so order 66 comes after Mace Window flying <laughs> out the window. I'm just going to change that around. So I'm going to put um, order 66. Right, so now we're going to get back on track. So um, basically, like you were saying earlier, Anakin has this little bit of good left in him and he decides to hand Palpatine in, saying, oh, you think he might be a bit of a bloody Sith Lord here. And... Mace Window with, I said it again, Mace Windu with Kit Fisto and some other people all rock up and they're like, Oi mate, you're under a bloody rest. <laughs> and Palpatine is just like, nah, I don't think so. And, and he flies through the air, <laughs> spinning. What is the noise that he makes? <laughs> It's. I've never heard anyone make that <laughs> there noise. You go. It, but that. You know what? That's probably the closest I've ever heard anybody get to make oh. that noise. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> it's like. Um, it's like. A few what's different he ways. called? <laughs> what's the person called? It's not. I was like, it's. Oh no! My brain is completely just melted. My brain. Is I don't melted. know who you mean, unfortunately. Who you're um, R2-D2. Oh, James Brown. Yes. His voice, his voice is like James Brown, but when he's got a cold, (laughs) like a bad throat. That's what it sounds like when he's flying through the air. Yeah. Yes, there you go. See, it's exactly like it. (laughs) I am the Senate. It is. It actually is. I am the Senate. Master Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) But that that scene's all around... I found it all around weird. I stand it a bit. I don't know, a little bit odd because it's sort of Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, and the others. Mm. And I know, obviously, Palpatine's meant to be incredibly powerful, but he just cuts through them. It's like they just go, oh, he's lunged at us. Let's put our hands in the air. Yeah. And, and I do think that they could have at least put up a bit of a fight. Especially Kit Fisto. He just sort of stands there and takes a massive chunk out of him. What I have seen, slight slight deviation, but I thought you might appreciate this. I don't know if you've seen it, but they've done that scene when Mace Windu goes to arrest Palpatine, but instead of Palpatine, it's Wallace. What, from Wallace and Gromit? <laughs> yes. What? I know you're a Wallace and Gromit fan, aren't you? I'm a big Wallace and Gromit fan. He, he goes, oh, um, they've like dubbed it in like cut and chop. It's more like, Master Windu, we were just about to have some cheese. And he goes, you're under arrest. Not even Wensleydale. It's really funny. Right, I'll have to send I've, it to you later. To have I've it. found it. I've got it. Palpatine versus Yoda. Oh no! Oh, I am the Senate, but Palpatine is Wallace. Yes, I've got it. And then there's another one, which is Palpatine versus Yoda, but Palpatine is Wallace. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. So I'm going to watch those. Order sixty six, but it's other heroes. So one of them looks to be Shrek. <laughs> um, there's loads of amazing. Um, but what? Do- a time to be alive. One thing that makes me laugh every time is when Mace Windu and Palpatine lock up lightsabers and Mace is clearly a lot stronger and is like be- bearing down on him on his lightsaber and he's pulling that face, like that yes. really angry face. And he just yes. His face is getting more and more screwed up and I just, he holds it for like 10 seconds of screen time and I'm like, what is going on here? I feel uncomfortable now. <laughs> It is honestly his face just it's like pure like rage. A lemon. A lemon in his mouth. 
it's it is getting like smaller toxic and smaller waste and sweets. smaller. Um, it actually is. He's like, yeah, dropped a whole pack of toxic waste, and he just yeah, he just scrunched up and just. It's like okay then, but well, if you're that strong and that angry, do something about it. Don't get exactly. your hand chopped off and shut us out a window. Oh, honest, out a window. <laughs> Into the window. <laughs> Into the window. Um, but yeah, they all basically die. Mace Windu dies, gets his hand cut off, and then um, unlimited powered out of the window, which is a great yep. line, which will forever be in the annals of YouTube and memes forever. It's mm-hmm. a great, great thing. And then. Anakin's sort of like knighted, isn't he? He is, yes. Um, as Lord Vader. Yeah, so that's Heads when he becomes Darth be Vader, isn't it? Darth Vader. I, I like that <laughs> when he's saying that. He's like, you shall be called Darth. And he thinks, he stops a second and he goes, Vader? I like that one, yes. Does that one sound all right for you? Anakin just... Anakin kind of looks at him at that point like, guess that's my name now. Good stuff. <laughs> he, could, he could have said anything. He could have gone, you could be Lord Crompon. <laughs> could have said anything. Just made that up. Could be anything. Could Lord be the noise, basically. Um, yeah. It... But I think at that point, it's a bit like, oh, there it is. He's Darth it's Vader. Vader. Yeah. It's finally happened. It only took three films, but we've made it. And at this point is when the inevitable happens and it's order... 66 order 66 happens and basically all of the jedi order get just shot to death apart from a select few apart from a select few not through lack of trying obviously no obviously not so obi-wan doesn't get killed yo doesn't get killed because he kills all the people on kashyyyk um who else doesn't get killed Cal Kestis doesn't get killed, so he is the main protagonist Ahsoka. of the Jedi Fallen Order. Ahsoka doesn't get killed. No, she's not technically a Jedi at that point. Um, yeah, she's left at that point, hasn't she? And Grogu. Oh, yes, and Grogu. Um, obviously, we need, we'll hopefully find out in Season 3 why he was, who saved him and why he was spared. Yeah, but I think in terms of... Um, there's a few Jedi, isn't there? Like Ez, well, he's not a Jedi at that point, Ezra Bridger, is he? Um, no, this he's is not. Master, I'd like I believe, to see him. Um, I've not watched enough of Rebels to know too much about it, but the ma- the vast majority of Jedi get killed. Yeah, they do, and there's a few obviously outliers who get saved. But yeah, it's just everyone just gets absolutely murdered, and it's it's like it, obviously it just shows you sort of how even though the Jedi are incredibly strong. If they're outnumbered, they're just like any other person. They're just gonna die. Like they're not invincible. Like no. if they get shot, they're done. They're done for. Yeah. Like, and if there's that many droids shooting at them, yeah, they maybe can't stop them. Um, not droids, yeah, they, clones. Uh, yeah, they can't stop them at all. But it just kind of happens in a whirlwind, doesn't it? And then Yoda's yeah. like, "Oh no, I'm gonna drop my walking stick and then chop these guys' heads off and then jump I mean, in my little shuttle." Great. Yeah, the that fact that Yoda senses it, but. I would have thought more than just Yoda, like in terms of the Jedi's and searching their feelings, I'd have thought that more Jedi than just Yoda would sense it. Yeah, Jara Tapal did. Um, you see that happen in Fallen Order; that he kind of senses it happening. Um, yeah, well, doesn't um, Kaidi Mundi as well? Because he sort of is on the bridge and he turns around and they're all there, and he sort of like realizes. I thought that was because he told them to follow him and started leading a charge. And then he suddenly realised they weren't following, and he looked round to be like, uh, "Where are you yeah, guys?" Yeah, probably. But maybe probably he does because he, he's quite powerful. He's obviously got his um, hind brain, 
um, yeah. or his binary brain or something. Uh, I can't yeah, remember what it's called. It is. But I feel like other ones like Ada Secure is just walking aimlessly and then all of a sudden she's dead but the way she falls is so <laughs> it's like arms <laughs> in the it. air it's oh. very and then they very... start shooting her over and over yes it's just like let's make sure but yeah the way she falls is very sort of like melodramatic 1940s cinema Obi-Wan Kenobi one of the most powerful Jedi oh we'll just shoot at the wall near him and then go yep he's dead and oh Yoda we'll just send two stormtroopers yeah, to sneak two, up on him like that's the most powerful Jedi there is. We'll send two to sneak up behind him. That's definitely going to work. After all the others have Yoda. been killed, mm. obviously. Yeah. Now we're going to go slightly back to Kashyyyk. Now, obviously, Yoda discovers that all this is happening, and he decides and to sort of leave, and he gets into this little pod, and he flies away, and he ends back at. Coruscant somehow. It's incredibly fast how it happens. He gets picked up by Bail Organa, I believe. And so ah, does Obi Wan. Yes. Obi Wan gets in Jimmy touch Smith. as well. Yeah. Jimmy Smith picks him up um and takes him away to back to Coruscant and this this is where our other fourth fourth lightsaber duel now. Yeah, we've had three. So we've had Dooku, Grievous and Mace Windu and Palpatine. Yes, yeah, so now this is our fourth of the fi- of the five it's Yoda versus Palpatine. Because they decide now, I... who's going to fight who, don't they? Pretty much. <laughs> and before they have the fights, one little thing that I've noticed is um, Obi-Wan goes to talk to Padme, doesn't he? Am, am I jumping ahead here? Um, no, no, I don't I'll think be, you are. I'll be, I'll be quick. Because he tells Padme what's going on and why he's going to go find Anakin, doesn't he? Yes, um, this is just just before, just before we see the both the jewels, and there's a line where he says, "I have seen security footage of Anakin killing younglings." Now, bit of trivia, and if you watch it back, you'll see it. Is the reason he covers his mouth when he says "killing younglings" is they couldn't get through it without laughing because of how ridiculous it was. So, if oh, you really? watch it now when he covers his mouth, you can see his cheeks twitching like he's got a massive grin underneath. Like just it took it. so many takes to get it. And that was the best they could do of him going, killing younglings. That's why he says it so like hesitantly and shakily and why there's a pause, because they couldn't get the scene right. Well, they should have just changed it from younglings to something else. But anyway, we have skipped over yes. that. So basically, after Order 66 yeah. happens, Anakin goes to the the Jedi Citadel thing, and he basically goes to wipe out the rest of the Jedi who are there, finds a room full of Liam, and kills them all. Liam. <laughs> Liam. He, I think he probably does probably kill Poor Liam. Liam. Liam, Liam got the shades dies. one last time. Yeah, Liam, get the shades. Uh, but yeah, he kills them. Obi-Wan finds out. And then he decides to go and tell Padme. But anyway, Yoda versus Palpatine, the battle for the ages. I don't think there's much more to say to this. No. Than it's there's humorous, a lot of... though. The second it Yoda is... walks in to confront him and those, there's those Imperial guards and Yoda just like shrugs them. Yes, and it's amazing. He's just, he's just like, eh, and Which makes me think, how did Ben and Ray have such a difficulty with him in episode anyway? Um, that, that's yeah, for an, God, another time. But he just walks in and goes, mm, I sounded like Marsh Simpson then. You did a little bit. <laughs> Should I call you Darth Sidious? Um, <laughs> and my little green friend. There's so many <laughs> funny little quips in that. <laughs> it's... There is absolutely, the writing in this is fantastic. This is the best written one out of the three. Yeah, it's great. But at that stage, we're probably looking at two most powerful force users in the galaxy. Oh, definitely um, at this point. Yeah. I wouldn't say that at that point Vader is more powerful than Yoda. 
Maybe later no. on, but I wouldn't say at that point he is. Not yet. Um, Obi-Wan I wouldn't say is either, um, not with the Force. Although I do like to think what would have happened if it went the other way and they sent... But I don't know. Um, but an absolute battle. There's so much Force power being used. There's lightsaber jewels. They're flying all over the place. There's those little frisbees all over the Senate, with which uh, uh, it must have been quite hard to edit that, I'd imagine, because you've got an actual yeah. actor stood in the middle of some CGI frisbees and a little wrinkled Muppet. Unless, unless wrinkled Muppet, unless <laughs> um, Palpatine was completely CGI as well and they just did a head replacement. I did notice some things looked quite CGI with Palpatine. Or mm. I noticed that the contact lenses they used for him were dreadful. They looked so fake. Yes, they weren't great. Um, there were a few things where I thought they, they've not got that look quite right, but not at all. The way they're fighting him and their little, their personal frisbee comes, I'm going to call them the frisbees, comes oh, up through frisbees. the floor into the middle of the Senate and they're fighting and zoom, 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 um, kazoo, um, pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah, so there's no blasters, but ah, it's just, that that's the light show you needed in that chamber. It is, it's a, it's a nice thing. That's and the bubble buddy nice... bikini bottom bash that you wanted. Oh, it de- honestly, it definitely is. It definitely is. Honestly, everything goes back to SpongeBob at this point. The um, it is. I think it's. It was a nice little, nice little thing. I think it was a bit, bit of a sad send off for Yoda though, because yeah. obviously he loses the battle and he's. I do think it's a bit dramatic that he's like, oh, I lost one battle, so I'm disgraced and I'm leaving. He didn't even really lose it. He kind of fell and then went, nah. <laughs> yeah, which I thought. I don't know. Maybe a bit out of character for Yoda, but I think he knows that. If he was going to fight him on his own, he wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't have won. Like he knew that there's going to be somebody come along and and finally, finally defeat him. Maybe but it yeah, was that... like a tactical retreat. Then it wasn't a case of oh, I'm going to lose. I'm going. It was more like oh, I can go away, recuperate, and then come back stronger later. Potentially, he, he, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> Not at all. That didn't didn't he, happen at all. He just sat there going, hmm, "Try or there is no try. Uh, lift an X-wing out of the water, carry me like a backpack." Yeah. I mean, he does because he is a bit mad in the old ones, isn't he? He's a bit, a bit senile, mental. Yeah. yeah, so I think maybe <laughs> what business. if it, it <laughs> honestly, what if it like just sent him a bit mad losing that battle? Mm. It could have done because he's very wise and calm. And then yeah, in the in the later films, he is just a crazy old man. Yeah, he's an absolute absolute loon, mental little frog. He's a little mental little frog, wrinkly muppet, muppet boy, yeah. wrinkly muppet boy. Um, this. Very swiftly brings us to the end of the film. Weirdly enough, yeah, we've been recording for an hour and seven. Oof. So uh, f- yes, I know. So I feel like it is time we got to the end. Now I'm just going to let you talk about the end for a little bit because I know it's one of your favourite scenes in any oh, film ever. So good. So, so we you go. You just gush. We have Obi Wan. Well, we have Padme arriving her Naboo starfighter on Mustafar, where Anakin has killed all the Separatist leaders. Um, and he instantly knows it's her. He runs out, and she confronts him, and then realizes, okay, yeah, what Obi Wan said is true. And he tries to kill her. He tries Honestly. to strangle her. It's He's like, Obi Wan comes out. You turn her against me. Um, uh, you have done that yourself. Yeah, I'm full of quotes today. Um, so they have a little argument. He lets Padme go. She's alive, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, they have a confrontation. I think Anakin tries to sort of like explain himself to Obi-Wan. You can tell that part of Anakin still wants to win over Obi-Wan or have him on his side. And Obi-Wan wants to try and talk Anakin through. They have a little 
dialogue exchange and they realize they're on completely the wrong sides uh well different sides and they engage into what is the best lightsaber battle one of the best fight scenes in any film you'll ever see it just the fact as well that quite a lot of the actual fighting isn't cgi they learn a routine yeah, and they use props prop lightsabers um, i watched a quick behind the scenes of it and it's amazing watching them training it's like it's brilliant because the movement's so fast and so precise if they mess up anything fluid as it well. would just completely ruin it so it's it's amazing to see what they did with it it flows so well and they still like, apparently they still know it now like off by heart the routine um which i wonder if we'll see it in some behind the scenes footage for kenobi series oh, but yeah. so much happens in that jaw and it just flows there's like constant progression they're moving to new places and it's just escalating and escalating and escalating each time like it starts with them just outside chopping away at each other they go through an alleyway they're inside they're jumping on tables they're using the force they go outside and that's when the machinery starts falling into the lava then they're on even less platforms the platforms get smaller and smaller they have one last little exchange and obi-wan gets the high ground and it's over anakin it is over but you've missed out one integral part of this fight what part it's the part where they're stood on the table together well that's the bit when they run out of platform and they're on that little table and I think the fact that they're having these jewels when they're on maybe like a square inch of spe- like foot space each, and yeah. there's lava all around them, they're moving at God knows what speed. Must be like 12 parsecs or something. Oh, 12 um, parsecs. I, I thought it was 12 and a half parsecs myself. Yeah, maybe about 25. Um, mm, who knows? knows? <laughs> but they're... The, the choreography is incredible like the way they're like movement is like it's a bit sluggish and they're leaning backwards and wobbling while they're doing it and how that the way they're leaning affects the speed at which they swing the lightsaber it's so well choreographed um that i could just sit and watch that battle over and over and over again um because it just there's no slow bits they don't really stop to talk until right at the end and no they don't do they and then it's sort of like uh it's not very pleasant, is it? It's sort of like, oh, I've got the high ground, and he's yeah. just like, nah, I hate you. <laughs> well, I feel like they know that this is when they're still on the platform as well. They know that they're probably about to finish their battle, but it's getting to the point where one of them's going to win and one's going to lose because they're running out of road, quite literally. They're approaching a waterfall, and they both try and reason with each other one last time. Like Anakin says, oh, the Jedi are plotting to take over, and Obi-Wan says, oh, well, you know, you are lost and all this. And then... Yeah, jumps to the high ground. I think he estimates Anakin's power quite well because Anakin says you underestimate estimate my power. Yeah, and zoom chops off his remaining organic limbs, leaving just his robotic hand that he had from his Dooku encounter. Yeah, um, and like you said, I hate you, and then you are my brother, Anakin. Um, and I think that that obviously rounds. It. What I like is there's no kind of gaps then between. There are gaps between the prequels and the original trilogy, but Anakin's journey to being Vader, we see essentially all of Vader's journey now. We see him as a young boy becoming Darth Vader, and then we see him, you know, dying later on. Um, it's it's quite cool to see how Darth Vader became a cyborg. It is. It's really nice. I think in this Obi Wan series, we're going to see him getting chipped down even more. Now, I'll talk. I'll I'll talk about the original plans for um, Rogue One when we do Rogue One in a couple of weeks' Mm. time. But 
obviously in the beginning of episode four, he's not he's not like fast and moving around, no. and he's very sluggish, which doesn't really make any sense because he's still an incredible Jedi or yeah. Sith Lord, an incredible with a lightsaber. So I, I'm hoping that so, at some point, for whatever reason, in the Obi Wan series, we see Vader getting like chipped down slowly and slowly and slowly. Because even in Jedi Fallen Order, he's really slow. Yeah, I think he's just patient in that. Like, but we know that Vader can be quite quick and ferocious, like you see it in Rogue One, didn't you? Um, yeah, which sure. again, God, it doesn't make sense because it's right before Episode Four. Yes. But I think I I would put most of it down to just the fact that when they made Episode Four it was hard to choreograph something yeah, and definitely they given that the they had actual actors david prowse in that suit probably couldn't have done all the acrobatics and whereas now they could put a young fit man or they could they could make the suit a lot more lightweight they could use a lot of cgi they could make it a lot easier for vader to be quick whereas they probably just couldn't have done it back then that's probably yeah. the realistic thing but obviously they'll try and make a story out of it yeah obviously now the film ends, so we've had the little duel, the biggest duel of your life that you'll ever see, and then the film ends with Obi-Wan, um, well, there's a couple of babies, obviously there's a couple of babies, who, is, who yeah. are Luke and Leia, and Leia is taken by Jimmy Smith, <laughs> I'm not using his, I'm, not, I'm using his real <laughs> name, Jimmy Smith, um, is taken to become Leia Organa. And that's where that's how they get split up. And Luke is taken to Tatooine to be watched over by Obi Wan Kenobi because one day he is to be trained to become a Jedi, like and, he trained his father. Yeah, like he trained like you trained your father. Great baby in that trailer. Now, this has brought us to a really nice position because where this film ends is, I'm pretty much assuming a couple of years before where the Obi Wan series picks up probably what probably about 10 years i'm guessing maybe how old yeah luke Luke looks in yeah i'd say he looks yeah i'd say probably 10 years at most 10 11 around there maybe yeah year seven well the inquisitors are hunting him down so maybe it's about i think it's gonna be about five or six years to be honest no maybe about probably about five or six well luke's a baby so maybe it'll be about seven about seven years i think they're gonna try and tie it in quite nicely with fallen order I hope so. I hope same time, because I I want Cal Kestis to be in it. Oh, um, if Cal's in it, it'd be it'd be incredible. Now, obviously, we're going to find out. So next week's episode is going to be maybe released on the Saturday, depending on if I can be. We're going to um, have to do it I'm, on Friday, aren't we? Yeah, in case I'm not knackered um, from because I'm in Liverpool all next week doing stuff mm. to do with my training. Um, so depending on how knackered I am on that Friday, we will watch both of those episodes, record it, and I might edit it and get it out on the Friday. If not, next week's episode will be out on Saturday the 28th rather than the 27th. But it will be those first two episodes of Obi-Wan we'll be reviewing. We will be, 100%. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to talk about it. It's going to be amazing. I, I am, I've never been more excited for anything in my life. So. They're literally giving the fans what they want, an Obi Wan As they thing. should. What, giving the fans what they Obi want. Um, oh wow, Mace Window. <laughs> <laughs> Mace Wind, don't come out with me with those puns. Yeah, honestly, you are actually like the pun king. Now uh, every time um, 
me and Jamie see each other in real life. Um, Jamie's just punning, punning all the time, absolutely punning mm-hmm. every single day of his life, and it's great. It's a great it's just, to witness. Just, just what I do. It is. It's just what you do. You should make a job out of it, probably. Yeah, I'm gonna Django and start up a career in that. It's honestly awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's just all the time. But I love it and I appreciate it. I appreciate I'll it. I'll start so on Cardi Monday next week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I actually can't even think of any more. And if you can think of any more, then I absolutely can't. No, Yoda one, he usually comes up with the funny puns. I'm actually like, I'm grinning. You can't see it but my face. I'm <laughs> grinning right now, but then I'm also letting out so much air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we going to do next? Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, the music's playing. I'm ending it. I'm ending it right here. I'm putting my foot down. There's the music. That's been one of Jamie's favourite films of all time. I'm not surprised yeah, it was bloody good. Oh my God, wait, stop the music. We haven't rated it. <gasps> da, da, da. Well, da, it probably da, comes da. as no surprise that I don't think this is coarse, rough, or irritating. I'm right. going to give this a one. I'm going to give it a one also. I, I like. I Amazing. enjoyed every last moment of this film. Yeah, me too. Well, 100% uh, my favourite Star Wars film. So, top marks from yeah. me. don't think I have a bad thing to say about the film. Well, that was easy. Anyway... Music can start up again. There it is. There's the music. Um, obviously, it's Friday, so have a nice weekend, everyone. Um, this has been your weekly film fix, and it's been Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.